0: 5FM, 94.5FM in Monticello, and streaming online at wjffradio.org. Again, that's this is Jeffersonville, WJFF Jeffersonville, and w two 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 three three ah Monticello, coming up next, Trailer Talk with Sabrina Artell. Please stay tuned.
1: WJFF's pre-election coverage continues Saturday afternoon at 4 with a Meet the Candidates special for Wayne County. I'm Rosie Starr. Join me as I talk to the candidates running for county commissioner and attorney general. Find out who they are, why they're running, and where they stand. Meet the Candidates, Wayne County edition, an election special from WJFF, Saturday afternoon at 4. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. The following was recorded on K-Ford Mountain in West Virginia in 2008. So Larry, you said you used to have real high-quality, you had water running through the mountains here and on your land, and so the the well water has been polluted, so you're having to haul in your water, there's no running water on, on your- Oh
0: no, no running water. We have no electricity except what I bring up in the form of a generator. We've never had electricity in the history of that mountain. Yet I have been asked to sacrifice this mountain so others can have electricity, but it will never happen, not as long as I'm living. Okay, it was not about money in the first place Where I would've never turned it into a land trust. You know, it's simply about saving a piece of our culture, our way of life. As you can look what mountains we have left are, are serene, beautiful. They're actually a light vessel. One time one time setting on my mountain, I watched a guy shoot a shoot a bear with a bow and he didn't kill it outright. And I heard that bird, I heard that bird bawling and crying because he was dying. These mountains right here, these mountains right here are a live vessel. They're a live vessel. They support all forms of life, you know, all forms of life. I'm challenging people around the world that were here this here recording to come up with something that will describe the death of the cry of a mountain when it's dying. Maybe then, People will understand me because I cannot describe it myself. I know what it is. I know what it sounds like, but I cannot describe the death of a mountain because it's too tragic. There's no way to do it. I can describe the death of an animal, a bear, or an animal I'm hunting to eat, but to describe the death of a, of a mountain simply simply by hearing a thousand pounds of dynamite going off, yeah, that would do it. That would do it.
1: Here on K-Ford Mountain in West Virginia, I drove here from Liberty, New York. It took me about a day and a half to arrive. I am here on K-Ford Mountain for the Mountain Keepers Music Festival. And the purpose of this concert, according to local citizen activist Larry Gibson, is to, quote, show support for human rights, health, and water rights, and basically everything that we have. Larry Gibson... Lives here on K. Ford Mountain, about 33 miles south east of Charleston, West Virginia, and his family, the Stanley side of the family, has lived on the same land for over 230 years. Larry Gibson has been working to protect the Appalachian heritage, his land, his family, and this region. This land borders the mountaintop removal zone. We're sitting right here just on the edge of the coal fields of West Virginia, and he has been working to educate and to bring a remembrance of the homes and jobs and communities that have been lost. Ed, Ed Wiley. Welcome, thank you for joining me. I uh, was hearing about Marsh Fork Elementary and the actions that you've been taking and your concerns. So I would love to hear, you. where is Marsh Fork? What are the issues? How is this connected to the coal mining industry? And uh, what led you to take some action?
2: Uh, Marsh Fork Elementary is in Sundial, West Virginia, here in the Coal River Valley. And uh, it uh, holds 220 little kids. Uh, my granddaughter actually went to that school, and she is the one that got me my eyes open to the issue. There, uh, I spent many many days behind that school working. Uh, I worked on just about every Massey Energy site uh, in the area and in some Kentucky. You did? Oh yes, yes. I was uh, uh, we contracted uh, work from them, and I spent a good three and a half years uh working under a contractor but everything we done was above ground and outside the the deep mines
1: so you worked for massey and of course this is a big energy company the coal company that has bought up right so much Uh of this land and is responsible for the mountaintop removal but it's a love-hate relationship because it also employs your community so uh so how long were you with massey
2: i was with him for three and a half years and uh Like I said, we've done everything above ground, you know, and, you know, yes, it is the only meal ticket in town, but people outside Appalachia has been misjudged about the Appalachia people so much. I went to uh, New York City last September uh, and stayed for a month uh, working the Today Show cameras, trying to get my message out on national coverage here, and, I didn't know how I was going to relate. I had several presentations around the, the city and also went into the state, you know, the, the parks there, the Manhattan parks and what have you, and and talked to folks, handed out flyers and pamphlets, and I didn't know how. I was actually scared, you know, how I was going to deal with, with these New York folks and the big city life and actually it went real well and and I'd found out that I had been misled about the New York people. I'm 50 years old and all I've ever seen on TV or heard, you know, through the media and, and programs on TV, you know, I was always told, well, don't go in the subways, you'll be, you'll be, you know, murdered down there, you'll be hurt, you know, and I found that not true. I talked to many, many folks in the subways and handed out flyers and Really met some good folks there. And I was always told, don't go to Manhattan. You'll be murdered in Manhattan Park. I actually went to Manhattan Park one afternoon, and, and, and I, I took me a nice little nap on a park bench here and nobody bothered me. And met so many great people. And in, in in people outside the Appalachian, you know, just like I was misled about the New York people, people was misled about the Appalachian. Now, 100 years ago, we didn't have the major roadways in here. We didn't have the rail systems. We didn't have the, the land lines. We didn't have computer skills. Our children have that now. You know, I like to say we're educated hillbillies now, and, uh, you know, our, our children deserve a chance, just like any other child in America. That's, that's what it's about for me in this movement. Uh, my granddaughter, you know, she got sick at Marsh Work Elementary. It really woke me up uh, to what I was doing and, and what the coal mining industry is doing to our communities, and doing to our future water system. And, you know, they talk about clean coal technology so much. People in America really need to know that they're being lied to. There is no such thing as clean coal technology. Uh, The Appalachian Mountains should be called a national monument just for the water issue alone. The people in New York City really connected with this. We, the Appalachian Mountains, as a whole, we are the sponge, we are the filter, and we are the distributors of the water for around the nation, the bigger cities, and they really connected with that, and people need to know Yes, this is happening you know to our children to marsh Fork Elementary, our children in the community. this is happening to our communities now, but this is your backyard too. This is your water supply this is your children 's future's water supply in the Appalachian Mountains as a whole. We are the filter we are the you know we are the sponge, we are the filter, and we are the discharge, so everybody in America should be standing up and and, and talking out against mountaintop removal and what it's doing to our communities and their future water system around the nation.
1: Oh, boy. Was it with your granddaughter getting sick because of the pollution from coal that you woke up, that you realized it? Was that that turning point for you? Right, yeah. And, And what happened to her? What's happening okay, well, Kayla kids? seems
2: to be fine. Uh, you know she had some bad days there. There's other kids that do have serious asthma problems off of this and, and probably some learning disabilities going on. as far as our state representatives and county representatives and, and even Senator Byrd, I' went to him on this issue. They have all turned their backs on our children they have all put a price on our children's head. And, and it's really sad that they've done that. And, you know, you've got Senator Byrd, and, and I really like this fella, I really do, and he's a true Appalachian. He's been around a long time. But he he can come up, you know, here's a man that gets millions and millions of dollars every year for roads and infrastructure and things. He could come up with the $5 million and help these children. You're not going to hurt your political career. You can hurt yourself. You could rock this boat, Mr. Byrd, and do something for this. And I really feel, I pray for the man a whole lot. Uh, you know, he stands up on C-SPAN and he pulls out that little green book from under his jacket, the, the Book of Constitutions, and he also pulls out another book. It's called the Bible, and he, he stands hard on, the, on both of these books. He's really strong issued and really strong belief and deep in his heart for both of these books. And And on the Book of Constitutions, he took a sworn oath to protect the land, in the people that he is representing, and, and these children at Marsh Work Elementary in Raleigh County, they are in his backyard. He was born in Sophia, West Virginia and lived in the area of Raleigh County. These are his children here, and the Bible tells you, and, and this is the part I want him to really hear, and really I, I hope he can live long enough to hear this, you have to obey manly laws as well as Bible laws. And and he really, when I was in his office, he really wants to be with his wife. He really thinks, and I hope and pray that he goes through Heaven's Gate. He really thinks he's going to go through Heaven's Gate and be with his wife. And And I don't think... This is going to happen for him just because he's turned his back. These children are being sick, these children are being affected, you know, leaving them in arms way. He can do more and, you know, obey a manly laws. He has many, many federal violations down there. He says that it's at the county school board level that this doesn't concern him, it's not a federal problem. You have a dam that's 375 foot tall, that has over 240 violations, significant and substantial. If certain curses happen, 977 lives will be perished. These kids are only sitting 300 foot away from this dam. It's holding back 2.8 billion gallons of toxic waste. And I do now have tests done from that toxic waste, which was done by Dr. Benjamin Stout and we got 17 heavy metals out of there and i'm matching them up with the national water standards since they dumped this stuff in the middle of a stream all of them are either a thousand to two thousand and some way higher than that of the national standards you've got manganese you've got lead you've got arsenic you've got millennium you've got uranium there uh, there's silver and copper there they're all way high standards and what we found out from these numbers that particular seam of coal there has the highest lead content in the nation. For every 100 ton of coal they're bringing off of this site, they're distracting 15 pounds of lead from it. That issue there alone, that ought to be an automatic close down for that school. No other child in America is being exposed to this much chemicals, and these little kids here deserve the same chance.
1: And you took a, a walk?
2: We went from uh, Charleston, West Virginia. We announced Pennies of Promise. That's a campaign to raise awareness and attention about Marsh work Elementary, and it's also a fundraiser. So folks can go to penniesofpromise.org. You can find out how you can get involved. You can be a sister school to this school. We have uh, eight schools in New York now that stepped up to the plate that I work with and go see the school children there. It's really amazing what they're doing. Uh, one school has been encouraged by a, a class called the Wheels Program. Uh, it was created by Ann Porter-Cox. She is uh, passed on now, but Ann started this a couple years ago. Her class encouraged 15. These and others encouraged a, a class of 500 students. It was a school that was consolidated. Five schools was put there, and there's 500 students. And when you go in there now, all the hallways, all the classrooms, everywhere you go in this big, huge school in New York, you got Marsh Work Elementary issues and environmental issues off of that, and they're having a big fundraiser there. They have a big contest every day, who brings in the most pennies and nickels and dimes, and got a large scale out in the hallway, that they're mm. got a scale that they're going by. But there's, there's eight schools all together in New York that I'm involved with.
1: Well, it's so important, and what you're bringing up, too, is... Our connection, I live in New York State and for most of us across the country, we are directly linked our power supply to the coal to the coal that's being extracted from here in West Virginia and other states in the country, but there's a direct correlation, and we have a responsibility. I think it's so important what you're sharing with us and that also the possibility, I think, for more people to have, have, as you say, you woke up or something happened to you where for the first time, even though you've grown up here, you've been part of the coal mining industry your whole life, you even worked for Massey, but took your granddaughter's health being adversely impacted and seeing the threat to your granddaughter and her friends to realize really what this damage means Uh,
2: people shouldn't wait uh wait for something bad to happen before they wake up. You know, you see a lot of stuff on TV now, people going green and stuff. There's more to stepping up to the plate than recycling plastic and changing your light bulbs. Everybody needs to do that, but there's more to it than that. And and please, the people out there in the world, don't wait for something to happen. It's not good. It's not a good feeling. I would have never ever done anything to hurt my granddaughter and I, I like to tell people let her tears, that's what worked for me. Let her tears be the foundation of you becoming somebody better for the environment. Uh, I, I would have never done anything to harm this little girl. People says, well why, why after you worked there all them years you now speaking up. And, and, and I was blinded, uh, I never thought of nothing of it. Uh, I like to say I was blinded by the $13.50 I never made before. I like to say I was blinded by the medical card I was badly needing. I like to say I was blinded by the 17, 18 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, you just don't have time to think of nothing else. You come home, you basically you don't even get a chance to shower. You're so tired. You get your bite to eat, and you fall over on the couch and try to talk to your wife or what have you. Next thing you know, you're asleep, and she's shoving you to get up. It's time to go again. And you really don't have time, and you really don't. And, and and we when we left the school down there three days in a row when I picked Kayla up, it was the third day that really woke me up. And uh, she was sick that day, and we went to leave that school. And we have to turn right to come up the road. And I looked over at her and made sure she had her seatbelt on, and she did. And I looked at her, and I said, Kayla, you know, her, her little nickname's Possum. But oh, that's Kayla. Possum. I said, Possum, buddy, you okay? And she said, yeah, yes. Well, she didn't say yes. She just turned and looked at me, and she was staring at them coal mines, and, and tears was just pouring down her face. And she said, Gramps, these coal mines are making me sick, making us kids sick. And and it was just like somebody took a sledgehammer and hit me. I like to describe, like, you've seen the old-timey cash register has got all the numbers. Once you total everything up, all the numbers start mm-hmm. spinning. All the things that I knew wrong about the chemicals uh, the shortcuts we took on that site and, and all the bad things that I knew that I was part of and and it really woke me up it was her tears that woke me up it really hit me hard, you know, I felt responsible, I have apologized to Larry many times, I used to drive through this mountain and wave at Larry I worked on this site, didn't know he hated my guts maybe, but I don't think he hated my so. guts, I don't think he hates nobody, he just hated what we was doing to his land and, and I had no idea and didn't even know Larry at the time. And, uh, the same thing of Maria when 9-11 happened, I was over in her place uh, behind her home and I was being part of that. And, uh, I apologized to him many, many times and, and the only thing I know to do is step up to the plate and, and, and try to help, you know, try to fix some of this back, try to make things right and, you know, I pumped millions and millions of gallons of this toxic waste, you know, into the mountains and, and never really realized what I was doing wrong there and, you know, when they take a dam and, and put it at the mouth of a holler, and these hollers has been here for thousands and thousands of years, they have their own natural French drain in them, their own seepage in them, and they're dumping this toxic waste right in the middle of these streams, and it's just like a time capsule release, and it's going to destroy the nation's water t- table, it, it really is, and people really need to step up and look at this about this clean coat technology and what mountain removal is going to do. And and our mountains are so full of plant life, edible plants. We have so much uh, plants there that are good for medicines and things. And I feel if something bad is to happen in the United States, which could happen any day through terrorism or or some kind of acts like that, or even natural causes people's going to have to to depend on the Appalachian Mountains again for survival because there is so much natural stuff, there's so much natural plant life you can eat and there's medicines there and and there's so much good water and the the mountains will protect you and I think what a lot of people doesn't see around the Appalachian Mountains, if they watch their weather man, he will tell when these storms come that these mountains will break them up, there's no danger on your path coming. And we're noticing on the Channel 59 news on the, uh, that one there, he he stumbled the other day. They're they're really favor of the coal industry. They can uh, that media there alone. Greg Carey, he is the West Virginia media president. So the media puts out there what they want folks to see. And he stumbled this this uh, news broadcaster for the weather, he he started to say, well, the mountains, the higher elevations of the mountains will break these storms up. The people in Ohio, you know, you don't need to worry, but he went, he really went, ah, he said the higher elevations, he just wouldn't say the higher elevations of the mountains. But they know, you know, these weather people know that when these mountains are gone, the storms are going to blow right by, and they're going to start seeing the weather in other states that they normally have never seen before from the effects of mountaintop removal. And, and it's just a sad situation that, that it's doing to what it's doing to our communities.
1: When did you meet Larry?
2: I've known Larry now for about four years.
1: Four years? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh,
2: through this movement. Through, really? Uh, I would like to say again through Kayla's tears that's got me into this movement. And uh, I could not get much community help, just a few of us people there fighting this issue in our community. And 90% of the community, you know, worry about their job, you know, worry about this, worry about. This. I've heard every excuse and a plate and, and stand behind the children at Marsh Fork Elementary, and it's our own kids, too. But uh, through the movement and through all the environmental groups coming together and things, I, I've, I've met Larry and, uh, you know, in my neighborhood, you know, I knew everybody, worked, hunted, fished for everybody all my life. Now, now I may have one friend that may come once a month, twice, you know, come and see me, but now, I also can say, I've met, i got so many more friends. And, and the ones I did have, I, they were, probably was never my friends to begin with now is what I'm seeing. And, and and I can see who my real friends are, people that will stand beside you on issues like this. And You know, I see people, young MGS students and college students, repeatedly come back year after year. And, and I know some of them have no money. I know they ride trains, they hitchhike, they eat out of dumpsters. They do everything in the world to come here to help us. And, uh, I, I can't praise the college students and, and all the environmental groups that come and, and, and the different folks that come. I've met so many, and, and uh, it's, just, it's just overwhelming to to see how they pour their hearts out to come and help us. And all of America needs to do that. They need to step up and say something.
1: Well, thank you so much, Ed Wiley. Ed Wiley. Thank you, Ed. And thank you. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Ed Wiley and. Uh, knew this was going to be difficult in so many ways to come here and and to really breathe it and see it and feel it. I can imagine it. I know how I feel about my home, my mountains, my Catskill Mountains and the different threats that, that come through and the possibilities of the home that i love and the land that i love and the trees that i look at and then connected with and the wildlife that disappearing right you know and we're facing natural gas drilling now in right. in the catskill region and the similarity there are a lot of similarities there are a lot well, of connections what you're going to see there
2: first is your water table go bad if you're on well water you're going to see it i'm
1: on well water well if it's very yeah.
2: close at all you will see your well water and if you see the if you see your your county commissioners coming in and talk yeah. about you know, hooking people up on city water, that is another red flag. They're they're getting ready to destroy your water table. They think they're making it better for you. Right. They're not. They're getting ready to take care of you. Getting them dependent on them. If they know what they're getting ready to do, and that's exactly what they've done here. They they come down here to city water, and, but the gas wells will will have an effect on your land. You'll be well. Anytime you're messing with your water table, you're hurting. You really are. Right. You need to leave that water. or Water's going to be a very, very big issue for too long.
1: You're right. And it yeah. is.
2: It already is. And if you look at it, uh, what would cost you more: a ton of coal or a ton of water?
1: Pictures of oh, yeah. What are those numbers?
2: Penniesofpromise.org. Pennies of
1: Pennysof- promise. Promise. Promise.org. I'm speaking with Ed Wiley. So, Ed, we were talking about an action that you took, a walk that you took in protest of the the damage that's happening to your granddaughter uh, and her classmates and the kids here in Appalachia. Yeah,
2: we uh, announced uh, our campaign, org and we did down to Charleston, West Virginia at the Capitol. Uh, we have approached the governor several times before this, and he's ignored us. So we thought we would take it to Senator Byrd, and we come up with the idea to do a walk to his home, which he is never in, and he's always in D.C., so you know, they say, well, will you go to D.C.? I said, well, sure, let's go. And so that's what we done. we we done our campaign at the Capitol, announced org, and we took off, and our goal was was to talk to as many people as we can, get out as many pamphlets as we can, do as many presentations on the way as we can, raise as much money as we can along the way. And the big goal was was to get inside the U.S. Capitol and talk to Senator Byrd, and we accomplished all of them. We, we got in and we talked to Senator Byrd, and we spent about an hour with him, and uh, we, we we talked a lot about the issue and uh, talked a lot about, you know, the good Lord, and he talked a lot about his wife and things. And, uh, you know, we, I tried to keep it a, a, a human face on my children. I didn't want to start right. talking politics with them. I, I just wanted to keep it as a real quiet, gentle thing with Mr. Bird, and, and I really thought, I really did, that, that he would step up and help our children. But here it is, you know, several months down the line, and he, he still has turned a blind eye. He told me he would leave no stones unturned to help these children and they said they looked at different things there was some leftover fema money there was some leftover flood project money that he had uh some mm-hmm. ocean money he, he he said he did look into it but evidently not deep enough because uh, anybody that can get millions and millions of dollars a year for road projects and infrastructure should be able to come up with a simple five million dollars to save children's life and uh, folks go to the penniesofpromise.org website, you can see flyover pictures of this issue of the Marsh Fork Elementary. Uh, you can see other ways to get involved and be fundraisers.
1: And Ed, what is it that the kids need? What What would the $5 million do for the Marsh Fork Elementary School? We'll will build them
2: a new safe school in our community. It will be a good, healthy environment for these children. Uh, we got to get them out of there. They are already in arms way. Uh, there's, lots of different chemicals. They're getting out of the coal. They're cleaning the coal there at Marsh Fork Elementary. They're crushing it. Uh, they're distracting all the heavy metals out of it. They're pumping it up to this dam. It's holding back 3, 2.8 billion gallons of toxic waste. There's a silo issue there. The coal company says it's being built there. The one is built there to, for environmental reasons to keep from having an open stockpile. They've always had the open stockpile there. It's still there. Uh, the company says, you know, it, it's safer. It, it, it is, to load trains is what it's for. It, it's what this silo was made to do. The trains go underneath the silo through the center of it. Mm-hmm. And they spray antifreeze in the bottom of the train cars in the wintertime. You have that right. blowing over nice. on the children. They put the coal in there. They have a CTS-100 binder that they're spraying on top of these train cars. You have the train cars sitting there, three big diesel trains with black smoke blowing off of them over on these children. There's many things wrong with the silo, and, and it's not environmentally safe for these children. It's a very bad hazard. And they're wanting to build a second one, and we fit it, and we've stopped it three times, and it's now went into the Supreme Court, and we're still fighting it. And uh, the bottom line is we need a new school for these children. We've got to get them out of there. We've got to get them in a safe place and, and in our community. That's the most important thing, keep it in our community. Thank you, Ed. Thank you.
1: Ed Wiley. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks to Ed Wiley and his Pennies of Promise campaign and his persistence, a huge victory for the movement is happening because the Marsh Fork Elementary School will be built within the community in two years. Construction began at the end of 2011, and the new elementary school will be completed next year. To find out more about what's happening in West Virginia with mountaintop removal, please go to the Ohio Valley Environmental Coalition, org and Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit TrailerTalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels. Mindy Kaufman and Judith LeClaire perform concertos by Vivaldi and Mozart next time on the New York Philharmonic this week. This is Alec Baldwin. Please join me for a broadcast that also features music of Hindemith and a symphony by John Knowles Payne. Zubin Mehta, Leonard Bernstein, and Christopher Hogwood will conduct the New York Philharmonic.
0: Tuesday at noon on WJFF.
1: Every pledge drive, WJFF sends a letter to listeners just like you asking for help before the drive even starts. Many of the sizable contributions of $250, $500, $1,000 or more come from the response to this letter and every donation of any size.